We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we're live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kirkwood, also known as Kirk Bees. I'm here with my two boys, uh, JSU Rab, John Sarabian, and Brett Harfield. Killer B, 2482. Uh, what's happening, fellas? Not much, man. Uh, just sweating a little Thursday night football here with the Vikings and Rams. Uh, pretty, pretty decent offensive game here so far. So uh, just enjoying that, but kind of sad that a lot of these games, uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, seem to be uh, three of the best games to roster players in that we don't get to on the main slate. That's why you play the Thursday through Monday and just play them all there. I got, I got a piece of that, but it's just like, ah, the action there is just, it's just not there with uh, uh, all the sites, you know, throwing all the guaranteed money in the showdown slates. So yeah, can I just real quick this these showdown slates? I just, I, I don't understand it. I, I I get that people just want to want to play on on Thursday, play players on Thursday and Monday nights, but just Thursday through Monday, it has it has so much game theory, and I hate that the sites are just limiting the contests. I just it it really bothers me. But. Yeah, what I love about the Thursday through Monday is it really gives you an edge for swaps, uh, especially in tournaments. Uh, the only issue is, right, you, some of these tournaments, they're just it's, – it's just not a lot of money up top. So, uh, not, you know, you can't invest a, a bunch of money to make these uh, swaps. But, man, I always look forward to Monday Night Football, putting a guy in the flex, having multiple guys that you could put in the flex, like – you know, just uh, possibly maneuver up the, the leaderboards, but can't do that too much anymore. You can't have it all. You got NBA late swap back, so uh, true. Sure, sure you'll be happy with that. All right, so we're back for another week. Um, I'm a little poorer, I'm not going to lie. Um, wasn't the best of weeks. Uh, I know JSU is still uh, riding high from his huge win the, a couple weeks ago, but uh, how'd you do this week? Uh, so not as good this week. Can't expect to do good every week, but um, definitely had a, a rough um, week this past week. Uh, didn't play as much Calvin Ridley as I probably should have. Was definitely underweight to the field on that. Did play Tyler Boyd, but 
just wish I had them both. Didn't do it. So, um, you know, on to the next one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I lost a little bit. I was down, but not a big deal. Hopefully this week, you know, make it back. Uh, looks like uh, Cooks just went in for a touchdown, too. Yeah, got um, to another 50-yarder. Um, I'll, I'll get into my Calvin Ridley rant in a minute, um, but uh, Killer B, how'd you do? Um, also a losing week for me. Um, you know, Three I had, losers! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this, this week I just was not – you ever have those weeks where you don't know how your lineups are, are looking and then comes Saturday, Sunday when – value gets out there I just I wasn't confident in in the running backs that I was going with so um probably had maybe too large of a player pool and I always feel like anytime that I kind of expand my uh player pool and I'm not I don't take sides too much I I do too much of the the dean by 10 percent of everybody uh I just I just felt like I punted that week away um too much too much Kareem Hunt shares uh Tevin Coleman instead of, you know, kind of kind of gambling or not gambling, but instead of going up to like the Camaras and the girlies um, and then going with the cheaper wide receivers, that seemed like the spot to, to hit up this week, uh, the past week. So uh, looking to get back at it though, uh, for week four here. Uh, this weekend came down to one decision for me and um, for cash at least. And I, I was struggling with Gio versus Murray um, Latavius and I didn't feel good about either of them. And when all was said and done, I ended up with Murray in my lineup like a fish on DraftKings um, with PPR format. And, man, I felt dumb. Um, but that was the, literally the, the decision that made, made, or, made or break you. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't good for me. Uh, I'm going to give my rant on Calvin Ridley. So uh, I, like, I liked Calvin Ridley a lot. I think we discussed him on the show. Um, I spent all week digging up, like, stuff, like quotes from Sarkeesian about how they're – designing gimmick plays for him about how he's such an excellent route runner. You know, he was the um, first round draft pick last year. Um, we had, you know, the, the signs were there with his touchdown the week before and increased little bit of increased usage, but um, the, the sky was the limit for this kid and he had the best matchup. And um, I ended up talking to my friends that I talked DFS with a lot who most of them are cash players. So, that's the problem. Right. And I'm like saying that Ridley is the best GPP play. Number one, Ridley is, I'm going to probably use him in cash. And they're like, you can't, how many targets are you going to get? How many targets? What's his, how many snaps did he play? <laughs> yeah. And before you know it, then um, he was in my main GPP line. And then by, by Sunday morning, I ended up taking him out and my best line of the week scored like 225 or something. And that was my original main GPP line that I ended up just leaving in like the smaller stuff. Um, and so I was upset about that. So uh, I yeah, like to give, I, I got to give your friends a little bit of credit. I mean, he was still, he was still running wide receiver three. Uh, he had 42 of 68 snaps. Um, he was out there. I want to say on like 30 of like 41 dropbacks. So that's like the key stat that I really look at. But, I mean, for him to be, uh, you know, to get as much work as he did, deep plays, uh, even uh, see how many red zone targets did he have. He had two red zone targets, which both he converted into touchdowns. And Julio, everybody's been talking, like, uh, you know, he hasn't scored a touchdown in eight, eight straight games. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I, I try not to be too results-oriented. I was also on Tyler Boyd, uh, Boyd a little bit more, so felt pretty. I, good I had about plenty that. of Boyd. I had Boyd and Cat, mm -hmm. plenty of Boyd. But like Ridley is the was the decision where where champions get made in DFS, and I felt like I was there. I I literally he was the one player I put all my time in, like getting all these like like reading all these like Atlanta Journal Constitution articles and like all these home articles and. Uh, so you sold off him in cash. Did you, did you, yeah, so, and then, I, off then I ended up pulling him from my main GBP line and all I had was in like the small tournament. So like I had my best GBP line was my original main GBP line that I ended up getting convinced that this wasn't the play anymore. And like, I was so mad and I was berating my friends being like, no, this is that, this is the type of play that champions are where champions are made. And you, you, this is a forward-thinking league. You gotta out, you got you, you know, you've gotta outsmart the competition. Like this was the play, yeah. and like you know, like whatever. 
Uh, so now he's going to probably be chalk. You're going to go right back to him. No, but it's like, it's done now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you got to find these diamonds before. I mean, sure. He might still be a great play. And like, I definitely like Tyler Boyd again. Um, and we'll, we can get into that too, but like, um, finding these players, finding these guys are like on these weeks are the keys for GPP success at least. Yep. I try, I try and create most of my tournament lineups like on Friday or Saturday when I feel pretty good about who's going to be in and out and then try, and th these are more or less my one-offs uh, and I try and like leave them alone as much as possible. Uh, but I mean, I will obviously monkey around with my cash game all the way up until lock. Uh, even my main, what I call my main leagues, uh, lineup I will monkey around so I get it like I'm still making like those last second and I always am writing down like my 2v2s or my three verse threes and just hoping that I, I bounce right um with those results because oh I'm, I'm I monkey around all throughout the day on Sunday with my lineup until 12:59. yeah that, that's it's just, tough not to it's so it's so hard not to you know there's like one week every year where I it's like 12 o'clock and I'm like, I think I'm done. And then I just stop. But that's like one week, you know, that, that only happens like once. So for right. me, I, I'm always tinkering up to a lock. Yeah. I, I, I try and quit like at a certain time and then just look for overlays and stuff and just get ready to fire more bullets into attorneys. So. Yep. Uh, what could have been my main line was breeze, Kamara, Clement, Michael Thomas, Julio, Ridley was just a full game stack with Ebron and Boyd, Chalk, and the Cowboys, and uh, then it was no longer my main line. Um, anyways, it's, forward uh, thinking show. Let's forward let's, thinking show. Yep. Forward thinking DFS. You have to move on the next week. You gotta you gotta take your punches and, and roll with them. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it all back this week. And if we don't, we're gonna go all in the next week and get it back one of these weeks. Right? That's that's how we yeah. roll here. So, um, all right. So. Game stacks, right? That's right. That, that everybody's talking about it. That's what's winning everything. Millie Maker. Um, it's all about it's picking the right game and just loading up and watching it go off. Now that's been great because we've had some interesting situations with um, concentrating passing attacks in like the nut matchup games in domes. Um, this week's a little different. We don't quite have it. Some of the highest total games aren't on the main slate, um, as you mentioned earlier. And um, we do have a couple of, you know, outlier games. We've got a 51-point total with the Bengals and the Falcons, um, and then uh, and then a 50-point total with the Saints-Giants. And then, you know, it falls down a little bit with the Dolphins-Pats, 48, Texans-Colts, 47, and then some, you know, uh, Bucks-Bears, 47, and some kind of disgusting games from there. Um, Maybe it's not a game stacking week. Um, what, are you, what are your guys' thoughts? How are you approaching this this week going forward? Where, where are your heads at right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that even though those totals kind of scream like, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to game stack, I think that's why you game stack. We know that this works. Like, we, like this, we see this work every week. You know, it, it's a different game stack every week that kind of hits most of the time. So, uh, for me, it just that just means that maybe people won't game stack as much, which that means I want to kind of game stack more of my lineups. I don't I don't know about you guys. But. Well, I, I the thought is, is I think that everybody's going to be game stacking from now on going forward because it's the new the new hot topic. Um, you you game stack because it gives you the mo the highest upside in a lineup when the game goes off, and I, that's not going away, right? Like if if one of these games pops off, you're going to want to do that. But um, it's also been the people aren't just doing it enough. And I think that we're going to see that change each week going forward. So, so Kurt, when you say game stack, uh, why don't you explain that maybe a little bit more? Yeah. You're talking about like rostering four or five guys. Is that, is that, yeah. What yeah. yeah. Cause that's what I'm talking about. Like five yeah. guys, stacks. four guys at a minimum or five guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean like the, the norm is like, okay, everyone pairs the QB with the wide receiver one or at least one person like that. That's, that's a little like the old school norm. And then, you know, running it back was another one. So you get into the, the, the three-man, or now you put a, a three-man on the offensive side and run it back for, with one for a four-man. Um, and then you can get it even to the five or the six-man um, have upside now. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I, I would say, like, the, you know, 
it, you're able to do that in certain games. I think like the Giants and Saints, uh, you're not able to probably, you know, do a f- official game stack. It's just uh, the guys, the guys in that uh, game, Saints and Giants, you got uh, too many 9K guys, the Odell, Michael Thomas, and Kamara. So it's going to be tough to do that, even though, um, wow, even Saquon Barkley, 8,100 on DraftKings. So, I mean, there's that game is just, you know, with the prices being so high, you're not going to be able to throw in too many studs. Um, but I think, I think uh, we can see that the uh, Cincinnati at Atlanta game, being in a dome, uh, another injury uh, to an Atlanta defensive back, um, I can see why Vegas has moved this line up by five points. So I think that's this will be the safest and most popular uh, game stack. So uh, a lot of these guys are going to be chalky. Uh, you have two two of the guys that we were just talking about that were uh, 3,700 last week in Tyler Boyd uh, and Kelvin Ridley uh, now moved up to 46 and 49. I would still say they're probably uh, too cheap. Uh, and will still be very popular for what they did last week. Yeah, I agree with that. I like this game. I mean, we're we're all we all want Mixon to be out, correct? Yep. Yeah, and I think he yes, he's not expected to play. I don't think he's been officially ruled out. So. Yeah, they're kind of saying that it's potential. There's possible that he could play this weekend, but I don't think it's likely. Um, but uh, I mean, we want him out. We want Geo. We want this is. I mean, this has been the one matchup that we can count on is running back pass against the, the Falcons. We loved McCaffrey. It was my favorite play that week. Um, we loved uh, Kamara last week. Um, same, and now we get Gio, who's a pass catching back, who is the back as long as Mixon is out, who's getting all of the, the, the carries and passes. Um, so he's getting all the usage in general. So it, he's just a smash again at, at 6,300. His price barely went up. It just went up 400. So we get this incredible matchup game in a dome, high total again. So that's just like an obvious cash play. And someone I want in GPPs as well. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be tough to avoid that. Like I, I'm very comfortable with avoiding chalk you know, when it comes to wide receivers. Uh, but in running backs, I always have trouble swerving away from the chalk if I can expect a huge workload and, you know, you've already explained uh, how susceptible Atlanta is to pass catching running backs. And that's exactly what we want out of Geo uh, coming from behind. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I like Geo. I like Tevin Coleman. I think they're both great plays. I think it's an awesome idea to put them together in a lineup. Um, you know, both these teams, the Bengals and the Falcons, they both are susceptible to pass catching running backs. Um so from that standpoint, it's just – it seems like a perfect, you know, matchup for both of them. It's kind of a perfect pairing. Um, so I really like that a lot just in this game. Yep, and Vontez Perfect is uh, – this will be his last game. I think he's got a four-game suspension for uh, PDs. So this – you know, without him being in the middle, I think uh, that kind of exposes uh, Cincinnati defense quite a bit too. Yeah, definitely. They're going to get a little bit healthier with Preston Brown back. but. Yeah, uh, perfect is the guy that makes a huge impact there. So, yeah, there's a lot of good plays again, right? Like, so we got to consider Matt Ryan with uh, the way that he's been playing. Also, the um, the uh, the Bengals have been tagged for 300 plus yards in two of three games, allowing multiple uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, Ryan's a guy that likes to spread it around, as we know, because uh, he's not not constant honing in on Julio like maybe we thought last week. Um, but uh, so he's definitely in play. His price um, did get a, a little bit of a boost here, right? Yeah, he's 6,100 on DraftKings, I think. Yeah, still still more than reasonable though, right? So are you guys considering him in, in cash or just – or both? or? Um, I'm leaning more towards uh, tournaments for Matt Ryan right now. Uh, I have a few other guys I would – put a little bit higher in cash games uh, like Deshaun Watson at 6,300, I think just has a higher floor due, his, due to his running. Um, yeah. But I guess, I guess main slate cause I just got done making my Thursday through Mondays and I had a lot of Roethlisberger. So obviously Roethlisberger is not in main slate. So uh, potentially I will have some exposure to Matt Ryan and Drew Brees in cash. 
Yeah, I think Matt Ryan's fine on both GPPs and cash. I I don't think you can go wrong with him there. Um, But real quick, like, let's get to Julio because I think this is going to be a spot where people just say, I'm I'm out this week. And that's the perfect spot to kind of get in on Julio. Um, You know, he kind of salvaged his day. They did move Lattimore in the second half over to kind of – face Calvin Ridley so Julio got you know some more looks and kind of you know salvaged his day a little bit but didn't really have a big game obviously didn't get his touchdown but I still like him in this uh matchup a little bit he's 8200 on DraftKings it's still a little you know too cheap in my opinion this is a guy who has huge upside um and I just I think it's too early to kind of just, you know, throw in the towel on Julio. I I think it's a bad idea. I'm going to go in in GPPs. I'm going to go in with some Julio lineups, probably stacking him with both Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and, you know, Julio with Tevin Coleman and Matt Ryan, just kind of getting different. Um, But definitely like him a lot and he will be in my uh, stacks. Yeah. Julio's Julio's line could have been a lot better. Uh, That last pass, I want to say in the fourth quarter, if Matt Ryan would have uh, led him a lot better, I mean, he he had the corner and the safety beat uh, for a touchdown pretty easily there. So it also uh, could have been a lot worse if he never even got that one one uh, pat. They didn't move uh, Lattimore on to Ridley, which allowed him to be open <laughs> on this one. Then uh, this may have you know that wouldn't even have happened. So yeah, okay. Here's the thing: I've been cha- I've been doing this with Julio for two freaking years. Okay. I, I always find a reason to play Julio. I always go end up, this is a great, okay, this is the time to get back in on Julio. But meanwhile, I had him last week and the week before that, you know what I mean? Like I have him when he's chalk, I have him when he's not chalk. And I constantly keep going back. When is it, when is enough enough? <laughs> I feel like we're, you're like a therapist here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm all about uh, Julio myself. Like I've, I think out of all the stud wide receivers I've had, he would probably be my highest owned guy. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you with the frustration of just uh, him not getting touchdowns and whatnot. So I, I feel like at his price at 8,200, uh, he will still garner decent ownership uh, just mainly because that game is the highest owned too. I don't know. I'm thinking somewhere between 10 and 15%. Uh, if you think that might be too high, I don't know. Um, but we do have that bias, right? And everybody's been talking about it uh, across the industry about his touchdowns. I've uh, seen it tweeted multiple times now. So I think Calvin Ridley is going to be uh, easily the highest, uh, like probably two X uh, higher than Julio. So um, I'm good with uh, swerving to Julio and finding uh, value in a different spot than Ridley. Yeah, um, and Tyler Board, um, let's just touch on I mean, I mean, I see no reason not to play this guy again. He's clearly the, the safety blanket. Um, we, you know, A.J. Green's injury looks like he's going to play. We don't know how concerning it is. I don't really care either way. He's still getting targets. He's he, this, he was highly touted a couple years ago, and then we kind of like all forgot him, forgot about him. But uh, he's back, and he, he's for real, and he's the clear – wide receiver two on this offense. So I'm going to continue playing him at this cheap price. Yeah. And AJ Green, he will be playing. And I didn't know how I was going to react if AJ Green was out, but I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I actually think it's a good thing that AJ Green's playing. Um, You know, anytime that there's going to be a safety, you'd think like uh, the safety is going to be more on the AJ Green side of things than Tyler Boyd. So uh, I'm going right back to Tyler Boyd we'll have plenty of exposure in cash games and then even uh, sprinkling them in in tournaments. One thing that I think um, if you want to be a little different in tournaments and I've been playing around with lineups and trying to figure out kind of, you know, what, you know, built with building lineups, what is going to be different. And I think one thing that people are going to see this week is I think paying up for two stud wide receivers is going to be like a contrarian build. I'm not saying like Michael Thomas will will be, you know, low owned. He's going to be high, higher owned. You know what I mean? Like these guys are going to be owned, but I just mean having two of them in your lineup as a, in, like in your build, I think is going to, you know, make you different from the field. Cause I think most people want to pay up at running back, 
you know, they want to have, you know, cheap tight ends or cheaper tight ends. And I think that's going to cause them to kind of be able to pay up for running back and get that mid tier receiver, which I think we all can say there's a lot of value at the mid tier. That's like pretty good value in, at least in my eyes. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have some value there too. So that just tells me right off the bat that guys like AJ Green, Julio, Odell Beckham, these guys are going to be lower owned than they should be. And having two of them in your lineup is going to differentiate you across the board, I think. Yeah, and I think a lot of people also just look at what happened the week before, right? It was two 3,700 uh, wide receivers that went off last week. So that's in everybody's minds. Uh, so I think, I think if, if that's – you know, if that's what won it last week, uh, it's very easy to do that same type of build uh, for the next week right after. And we didn't touch on the fact that Alvin Kamara is going to be super chalk at, what, 35 40% like in yep. tournaments? And- no decision for the Todd Gurley or Kamara this week uh, on the main slate. So uh, that means if you go up, you're going to probably be spending on Kamara. Um, I, I personally like a lot of different uh, mid – like mid-tier uh, running backs this week so uh and mainly just for tournaments so I'll just throw out I think Leonard Fournette at home versus the Jets uh pairing uh Fournette with uh, the Jacksonville defense uh just you know make sure Fournette's obviously full go uh looks like he will be back um but Tevin Coleman I know you brought him up before he's he dropped by 400 uh 400 on DK he was at 60 either 63 or 64 last week. Now he's at 5,900. Um, we saw what Christian McCaffrey did to the Cincinnati uh, defense last week. So um, just seems like a great spot in a, you know, fast-paced game where I don't think uh, Tevin will have a lot of ownership either. Um, like it. Back to this, uh, or staying on this game, um, a play I kind of like is Tyler Eifert. Um, and I was happy to hear that Evan Silva was kind of on him last night. Um, when he was on our, our, our G show, um, he's getting an uptick in usage. Um, and the Falcons, you know, basically if you look at it, the Falcons allowed Ben Watson to five catches for 71 yards. Like if you want to compare athleticism between Eifert and, and Watson, you know, as, as long as Eifert is getting, you know, healthier um, and they're showing they're, they're going to let this guy rip at some point. And I feel like this could be the game for him. Um, so, He's dirt cheap. He's projected to only be 5% ownership from Jamino right now. I mean, he's not dirty. He's 3.8K, but um, I think he's going to be totally overlooked and someone that I think could be, you know, this guy does – if he's, if he gets some looks in the end zone, like he, he could go completely off. Yeah. I, th- I really truly think there's – both tight ends are, are in play, both running backs. You have like four wide receivers in play. I think, I think you can stack this up every which way. Uh, Austin Hooper – uh, to me, is very viable. Uh, he stayed at 2,900. He's still getting 85% of the snaps, um, getting decent targets, at least four targets in every game. So uh, I, I like that as a punt also. Yeah, I mean, I I get the Eifert play. I'm probably just not going to do it. Um, I need to see a little more. I like, you know, a few other guys on the Bengals team that we already talked about. I, I think, like, for me, if I'm spending down – it would be a guy like Eric Ebron, who I know people, you know, probably super frustrated with. You he's know, we talk again. We talked before the show. I don't know if he's going to be super chalky because I think some people are going to come off of him. But even if he is, he dropped two touchdowns. He had 10 or 11 targets. The guy had the opportunity. I think Andrew Luck's more comfortable playing at home. I think it's just a better spot for him. And I like a guy like George Kittle at 3,900, you know, playing with C.J. Beathard. Um, I'm pretty sure they went to college together um, or at the same college, at least Iowa. Um, And uh, I just think that those who have a rapport, you saw Beathard got right into the game and threw Kittle a touchdown that, you know, they, they threw a penalty flag on, but he still looked right to him right away in the red zone. So I do like that. I think there's, you know, he's a little, he's more comfortable throwing to him. And I think he'll look to him, you know, in the red zone and in tough situations. All right. Um, Yeah. I mean, he certainly had the opportunity. He dropped, 
I remember two TD passes that went through his yeah. hands in the end zone. And uh, the opportunity should be there. So there's conflicting information about whether uh, Doyle is going to make it back. Um, it may actually even help him if Doyle makes it back um, in this game. It might alleviate, you know, some things and get him open. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can see that for sure. He's projected, at least Jamino has him projected to be the highest um, owned tight end tied with uh, Gronk, but this is early ownership. This is, you know, things are going to change. So this is just kind of a rough draft for sure. Um, all right. So what's your favorite, what's your favorite game, um, John? If, if we've, is this, is, is your favorite game the, the, the Falcons? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think the Falcons game is, is definitely everyone's favorite game. I think my favorite sneaky game, cause I think, you know, I, I love that Falcons game, obviously, but I think a sneaky game that no one's going to really touch. And it's for two reasons is that San Francisco, um, chargers game. And I just think that people see blowout written all over this game and they like to stay with running backs and defense usually when it says blowout. And I, I don't know. I, I like some pass catchers in this game. I mean, Mike Williams. I love Mike catch, Williams. You know, I, I was I'm, I've been late to the Mike Williams party, but I'm yeah. I'm on board now. Yep, he he he's really good. Um, he's definitely their second option. You know, through the air, at, um, going downfield. I know Melvin is a part of that passing game, and he gets a lot of like check down looks and everything. But like down the field, I think it's Keenan Allen and then Mike Williams. Um, I know Keenan Allen just popped on the injury report. It's just something to note that he didn't practice today. So obviously if he's out, this makes it an even better play, but I still like, you know, Keenan Allen. I like Mike Williams. I love Melvin Gordon. I, I, I really love Melvin Gordon. And then I like the other side. I like Matt Breida. I like uh, George Kittle that we already talked about. I think there are ways in which you can stack this game up and, you know, it be uh higher scoring game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike Williams for sure. Killer B, you got a take on this? Yeah, it's going to be definitely super low on, um, you know, without Joey Boza in the San Diego chargers defense, uh, they're not, they're not as good pressuring the quarterback. Right. Uh, it's just how much believe do you have in us? Uh, CJ Bethard, Bethard, whatever his name is. Um, I think the safe – It's not beat hard. <laughs> beat hard. <laughs> uh, I think the safe play is going Kittle. Uh, I'm not going to be there on the Matt Breida unless Alfred Morris is ruled out. Um, Breida has looked great uh, catching the ball in the backfield, and they should be, be playing uh, from behind here. So I don't mind it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's not a spot that I'm looking to go. Can I, can I just get you on – can I just say one thing about Breida just to see if I can persuade you a little bit? Because I think that with Brita, I think you got to look at all like the game script, how the game's going to go, how you think it's going to go. Everyone thinks it's going to be a blowout. If you think the Chargers are going to get up early and stay up, I think Matt Brita spends more time out on the field than usual. I think he gets a higher snap snap count if they're down and they need a pass catcher on the field. I think he's the guy. I think CJ is going to look to him more because. He loves to dink and dunk. He did it last year with Carlos Hyde. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to do it again with uh, whoever's at running back, you know, whether it be Alf or Matt Breida. And I think the coaching staff knows that. And I think they're going to kind of play to his strengths. So I think they're going to need Matt Breida out on the field more than Morris, especially if they get down early. All right. Uh, Morris is dinged up, right? Maybe, maybe more of an issue than we think it is at this point. I think uh, Breida is more athletic. Right, it definitely has the more upside. Um, um, Bethard has targeted running backs in over thirty percent of his career pass attempts. Um, That's crazy. The That's game crazy. script. So if I have, I I can get behind uh, Breda for sure. Um, so I'm with you. And uh, I worry though about the game in general, like just being kind of, eh, you know, not not really, you know, just this offense struggling in general. I think the opportunity will be there. He's someone. He's like the. He's my favorite play, definitely on the the 49ers side. I also like Melvin Gordon a lot, um, and those would be the two guys that I. And then uh, Mike Williams. So those would be the, the three that I would kind of like the best from this game. Honestly, besides Melvin Gordon, I, I don't think anyone else is going to be 
really that owned at all. So if if you take any one of these guys outside of Melvin Gordon, I think you're going to be different. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the ownership play uh, on San Fran, you're going to get for sub 5% almost across the board there. Yeah. So uh, if, if it does come to fruition, it's the perfect play. So, and it's something that I can see. I mean, the Chargers defense uh, without Boza has not been pressuring the quarterback, uh, should allow uh, San Fran to, you know, have plenty of passes where, you know, they're pretty freed up. And the Chargers play a lot of zone D. So it's not like you have to worry about certain wide receivers being, you know, covered by, you know, some of the stud uh, corners there. So uh, right. I don't mind it. There's one spot that I do want to hear what you guys have to say, and it's it's the Patriots. The Patriots are implied to score for uh, 27 and a half points. You don't want to hear what I have to say on this. Yeah, yes, I so, do. I want to hear it. So we know Burkhead's on, on the IR now, and uh, you got Sony uh, Michelle that looks to be the guy at 4,500. I don't know how chalky he's going to be, um, but we do know how the Dolphins have given up a lot uh, to the middle of the field uh, in the tight end spot. So I think Gronk's like the perfect tournament play uh, to actually spend up uh, at Gronk. Uh, I know Gronk has a questionable tag by him, so just keep an eye on uh, his practice. Uh, he was limited today. so um, He's fine. He's fine. But, yeah, with the, uh, that Xavier uh, – I forget the, his last name, Henry. Xavier Henry. Um, he's Howard, so, yeah, he's, he's legit. Yeah, I'm assuming – you know, I don't know exactly how many snaps uh, Josh Gordon will get this week, but uh, I mean, I feel like Hogan would be shut down by him. So I'm looking, I'm looking to only two guys here, and they got 27 and a half implied, and everybody's selling off on New England. I think Sony Michelle and Gronk are great plays. Uh, let's let's hear what uh, Kirk has to say on this one. I, I so I've expected this team to struggle, right? Like it's made all the sense. So. Brady's obviously not getting any younger. I mean, he looks mobile as ever, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he has to move, he really looks as age. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. But, like, and then we've got a bunch of white receivers. Um, but, uh, no. And Philip Dorsett. Yeah, Philip Dorsett. So, but the, I've expected this team to struggle because we, we haven't had much, right? Like, so, we, and so Chris Hogan is obviously – not doing anything hasn't been doing anything at all Gronk is the focal point every team is just game planning him out like as best that they can and like we thought this guy is matchup proof and game plan proof but I mean when they throw their entire defense at him it just can't do anything so we need we need this it comes down to Josh Gordon right like it literally comes down to Josh Gordon I I like the idea of Sony Michelle I played him um the other night, and I liked his usage. He looked terrible. Um, there's a lot of everybody's bragging on them about the game plan and how, um, you know, they should have never used him in the first place. They should try to open up the passing. Um, I do like him from the touchdown equity standpoint. He's obvious. He's going to be their goal line guy, right? Like he's they only. It's only him or James White now. So like, James White is going to be the passing back, and he's going to be the the normal running back. And so the touch, like obviously. They can – if the offense is moving and, it, like, anything can happen, they can be down on the three-yard line, he's going to get opportunities to punch this ball in. Um, how dynamic he is, I don't know at this point. Um, their offensive line is struggling. Um, I don't know. I, I, like, I need them to – Josh Gordon to be back, and I need him to, like, really open up this offense for him and so that they can't just key in on Gronk, and then that opens up the running game too as well. So I don't know what to think. Um, right. The lack of talent uh, at the offensive uh, spots here are pretty eye-opening. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, what's this team going to look like next week when I would assume that they have everybody back in rotation, you know? Um, it should be interesting to see how many snaps Gordon gets. But Well, it, it's like a – you have one-on-one. -on -one. You, you, Gronk gets doubled, you know, what, 75% of the game? Like, you, you have one-on-ones on the outside, and you need those guys to win those matchups. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. If guys can't win those matchups, then, you know, they're not going to win, and their teams will just keep doubling Gronk. So that's that's the fear when you roster Gronk right now is our team's just going to take him away and just double him and say someone else on the outside beat me. 
And right. you already talked about they have that kid, um, Howard, um, who's obviously a beast. And, um, you know, you don't want – if he's going to shadow Gordon or Hogan or whoever it is, if Gordon doesn't play, you know, you obviously don't really want to pick on him. So you'd love Gronk or Michelle. But, you know, if, if Gordon plays, then I think, you know, he gets that kind of treatment. And I think Hogan, it frees him up a little bit more and it will free up Gronk. And so I, those guys are really good plays. I think, I think you know, especially if Gordon plays, I think it's just such an easier play. But I'm still going to go there either way because I think people are just so off the Patriots train right now. I, I, th- I, th- I think I'm going to play Brady in some lineups. Just, you know, I, these guys are going to come in at way lower ownership than we're used to getting them at. I'm not so low on them. I do think they're going to get better. I know Belichick's going to make the adjustments. I know this team's going to get healthier. I know they're going to put it together, and they're going to be fine. I don't know how they're going to do this week, um, and I'm worried about it. I'm worried about the game in general, but, like, I, it is stackable. It's got a 48-point total. I do like the way that the um, the Dolphins' offense is looking. They've got a bunch of quick guys. I think Kenny Stills is still a, a solid play. Um and, you know, the Patriots D has looked like Swiss cheese so far. So, um, yeah, I can see it. I just like another game better, and we'll touch on that quickly because we're going over like we always do. But um, I'm going to go on to the – well, first we got to talk about Sterling Shepard, right? Like, yeah, great play this week. Obviously, he's going to be chalk, but, like, he's going to be great chalk, right? Yeah, so New Orleans uh, cornerback Patrick Robinson got put on the IR uh, this week. Uh, so, so that means uh, – I'm going to see it is uh, – I don't have his name. Um, go ahead. Um, so, basically, Saints, they lost – yeah, like you said, uh, slot cornerback Patrick Robinson. So P.J. Uh, Williams will be on him in the yeah, or, or Or Ken Crawley, yeah. um, which is bad That's news. Um, so, the duo, they, they've allowed three touchdowns to, to Calvin Ridley we just saw. Um, Shepard gets the boost. Anyway, because Ingram is out, you know, so he should get an uptick in targets. He's seen seven targets in two of their three games. So there's just a lot to like here. We know he has some rapport with Eli. Eli did get the ball out a lot quicker last week. Um, They, you know, designed a much – because their offensive line has problems, they've designed that to to get it out quicker. So Sterling Shepard should be getting a bunch of targets in this game. So I see a lot to like. I like him in cash and GPP. Are you guys feeling the same? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with it. I love Sterling Shepard a lot today. His uh, price is super reasonable this week, 4900 like you said. Um, I just – I don't see a way where they don't try and pick on P.J. Williams or Ken Crowley. Whoever, you know, has those matchups, they're going to go at. And Shepard's going to have one of those guys on him pretty much the whole game because we would assume that Lattimore is going to be on Odell shadowing for pretty much the whole game. So that's going to free up Shepard and whoever else they're guarding. So I, I really like him a lot. Yeah, I would assume he's going to be really chalky. Uh, you know, like like we said, that uh, a lot of the cheap wide receivers went off last week. And I think a lot of people are going to be looking at the uh, right around the 5K mark uh, for for a lot of exposure to the wide receivers. And Shepard Shepherd makes a lot of sense. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm really ecstatic about Eli. Uh, this week, but man, it's it's tough not to like uh, the running backs in this game. I mean, uh, the only Saquon Saquon Saquon's price uh, he's eighty one hundred on DK and eight thousand on Fanduel, so he's he's priced up there, and he's he's been phenomenal, and he's been utilized in both the pass uh, and and obviously the run game, uh, and it seems like he's just a big play waiting to happen. Uh, the Giants' offensive line has been terrible. That's the only issue, but you get this kid out on space, and he's the perfect uh, he's the perfect player, right? I mean, he can take it to the house. I mean, the, the Saints' pass defense has just been atrocious, and you know, like we we mentioned with them with the loss there to uh, Patrick Robinson, it should be even worse. So, yeah, the opportunity is going to be there, um, even for a guy with a noodle arm like Eli. And so, one thing, my bad. I just want to say with Saquon because I know we were just about to get off is that don't forget Eli's going to be looking probably not towards Beckham as much as he would in normal games. So I think that just gives Saquon a 
a much higher floor with receptions. I think he's going to target him a lot in the pass game. Yeah, he should get. He should pick up some of those receptions. I mean, he gets a ton anyway. He should pick up a boost with uh, Ingram out. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I like ODB uh, Beckham Jr. is fine. I think he's good. I kind of think Cam Meredith is sneaky um, for a, a kind of a low on GBP play. And uh, obviously, Michael Thomas is the man, and Kamara is the man. So I think there's plenty of goodness here. But we're going to go on to one more game quickly. To close it out, um, a game I'm looking at, and I want your opinion on, fellas, because I'm kind of interested in this Texans-Colts game. I know people are – I'm already hearing, like, this This could be more of a defensive battle than we're expecting. The The, the Colts D is better than we expect. Um, to me, I agree with all that. I also think that this is a dome game. Um, I think that there's big playmakers on the Texans side. They're going to have – they should air it out. This is still – an inexperienced secondary. Um, and uh, I do worry about Andrew Luck's arm, but um, if there was a defense where he should be able to dink and duck, dunk against all game, it's probably this Texans. So I think the passing game is going to be utilized from both sides and, you know, basically non-existent running games for each side. Um, so I just think that this game could really pop off here. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I think I think this game is uh, is kind of a, a sneakier shootout for sure. Um, I don't know how much ownership will be on the Indianapolis side of things, uh, so I think that is probably where I'd want to invest my tournament dollars. Uh, try to get exposure to a Ty Hilton. Um, I mean, everybody's just been talking about Andrew Luck not being in on the hail mary play, which makes you think, okay, well if you can't do that can he throw a bomb to T.Y.? And that's usually how T.Y.'s, you know, uh, crushed is, is the deep pass. You know, not really – he's not like the Odell Beckham taking slants to the house. He's always gotten behind the safeties. So that's, that's the only scary part in a tournament. Um, but I think even like a Ryan Grant is in play. Uh, ben, ben, the wide receiver too, hasn't gotten a lot of uh, – uh, targets yet. Uh, he's had nine week one, two, uh, week two, and five week three. Uh, but just a guy as a wide receiver two that I expect to uh, see plenty of targets in what could be a shootout game. And then uh, I think Ebron still becomes the chalk uh, this week uh, for Indy. So, uh, but I think a lot of people will be on the Houston side of things. Uh, we saw how strong uh, Fuller's been with Deshaun Watson uh, as the quarterback. So I, I think a lot of people are going to go right back to it. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where if I know Will Fuller's going to be chalky, it's going to be tough for me to own it. Uh, at 6,800, I still feel like he's at that price point where he's going to be pretty chalky. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he'll be. I think um, he'll be the chalk. I think Watson will be will have ownership too, but Will Fuller will definitely be chalky. Um, you know, but you're talking about a stack where you know where most of the targets are going to. It's kind of like that Pittsburgh stack, you know, with Antonio Brown and Juju. Same mm-hmm. thing here with Hopkins and Fuller. Fuller had 11 targets last week and Hopkins had 10, you know, and, and, and that's pretty much the case. You know, Fuller had nine week two, Hopkins had 11. So it's, it's just, these are the guys that Watson's looking for every single time, pretty much. So when you, when you're stacking, it's just, you know, pretty easy to just throw those two guys in. And then if you do that, you, you got to bring it back and you got to bring it back with someone like TY, someone with upside. I know Luck's arm and people are saying he can't throw the ball downfield, but another guy, he's getting 11, 11 and 10 targets the past three weeks. Yeah. You too with the target share is ridiculous too. Right. Yeah. So we know where the catches are going. So it's like we, yeah, it's it's a concentrated offense. I love that. Yep. Um, I'm going to probably at this point, I'm, I'm like gung ho on Deshaun Watson and, um, Deandre Hopkins and cash and GPP. Um, we'll see where I end up, but those are the guys I like. I'm, I, I still like Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller is not going away. Um, I get it, the touchdown regression, but he's got a clear connection, uh, with Watson. He's an athletic beast. Um, as long as he's healthy, the big plays are there in a dome, um, they don't have the they, uh, Colts don't have any cornerbacks with speed that should be able to keep up with them. So he has just as good a chance to get break off a big one um, in this game as he's had in any other game. And uh, I like them both, to be honest with you. But I love that. Um, I 
the the tight end I may end up fading, but we'll see. Um, I might have some interest in Ryan Griffin, potentially, um, but uh, I'm on board uh, with Ty also. Um, I know, and we're not expecting the huge deep ball, especially when they pulled uh, Luck for the Hail Mary. That was really sad to see. Um, that was a clear indication that he just doesn't have the arm strength anymore. But Ty, um, even though he's played in the the slot for the majority of his career, he's on the perimeter now, but he should be able to get a bunch of targets and move against this uh, secondary of uh, the Texans here. So I, those, this is a game that is ripe for me, and uh, that's where I'm going to be, at least at this point. So join me if you'd like. Uh, I know we're about to wrap up the show, yep. so I just want to throw this out there too. It, like the quarterback spot uh, this week, is so tightly uh, packed in like you, I mean, you can go all the way down to obviously 4,500 with Josh Rosen, which I mean, I don't think many people will, but I mean, the cheapest outside of that is uh, Derek Carr at 5,100. And then you go all the way up to, let's see, Aaron Rodgers, I think is like 60, it's like 66 so or 68. So 1,700 uh, difference between min max. It's just so much tighter this year. Um, a guy that I would be willing to go uh, go cheap, though, uh, this week, just to kind of gamble, is Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think one of his wide receivers will be somewhat chalky in that under 5K range of Antonio Callaway. So, I mean, I do like the upside of Callaway. I mean, that guy has unbelievable speed. Um, and I think ba- Baker Mayfield's, obviously, efficiency is going to be so much better uh, than what we've seen. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – I feel like that's like one play. I like Njoku a lot. Yeah. And Njoku too, for sure. Uh, Still getting all the snaps. Uh, I think they hooked up. That's the play this week, boys. They, they hooked up before two catches in the second half. So I think only two targets though, but uh, yeah, I do expect uh, Njoku to be starting to get more involved in this. So we're in a lot of trouble with this is our longest show by far. Uh, (laughs) This is what we do. Uh, We're sorry. Hopefully there's some people who actually made it through to the end. Um, Todd Gurley's a beast. He just ripped a, a long catch here. Uh, this Cooper Cup has already broken the slate for the Thursday through Monday. And uh, yeah, any any uh, final words? No, but uh, we went 0 for 3 last week. So let's uh, let's come back next week and be 3 and 0. 3 and 0. Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get, let's All right. Yeah, money. it's it's on. It's done. Done deal. It's a wrap. Okay. Thanks for joining us. We are the. RG NFL DFS Tournament Takes Podcast, and we will catch you next week. Thanks a lot. Man, you say that fast.